The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, I wanted to talk to you about rotoballer.com. Win big in 2022 with rotoballer.com's MLB and DFS Premium Pass, which includes 15 exclusive lineup tools, daily DFS cheat sheets, and our new Team Sync platform. Use Rotoballer's exclusive hitter projections, pitching planners, DFS value plays, research stations, lineup optimizer, and more to help you win big. For a limited time, get your MLB Premium Pass for an extra 10% off your with your discount code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A. Just visit rotoballer.com, use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A for 10% off the Premium Pass for the MLB season, and get started to rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody. To another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 19. Got about a month of the season to go, so we're going to look ahead to the rest of the season schedule, try to talk some strategy uh, to improve your standings along the way and uh, see where that goes. It's going to be a fun, fun um, puzzle piece to put together. And um, you can find me on Twitter at BDentric and my co host, as always, on Twitter at RyanBHQ. Ryan, how are we doing, man? Doing great. Good to be back with you. I know we had to miss last week. I had some stuff going on, but uh, always look forward to this one one day early. So yep. you know, I'll make the, the the kind of stupid office joke job that feels like a Thursday when it's a Wednesday, but, yeah, but it no, does. So I, it I, does. Yeah, with Wednesday the, night. the holiday. It's all kind of a mess. I don't know yeah. what day it is right now, but uh, yeah, no, we're day early. Gonna knock it out as I got stuff going on tomorrow night. So it's uh, it'll be fun to. Um, Get this one through here a little day early, so our uh, our weekend matchup picks will have an extra day to stew to see how like someone's gonna get injured tomorrow or something. I was gonna probably. say one more one more day for our for someone to get scratched or yep. uh or, or get hurt and not play this weekend and screw up our picks. Yep, it'll be great. It'll be great. We'll get to that uh, recap in a minute because I might I might be paying for golf pretty soon. It looks like so that'll be fun as well. But um, we'll get into some recent news in a minute. But we didn't do it last time. We'll start with it this time. Ryan, plug first pitch Arizona. Yeah, it's coming up, man. 
it yeah. is. So I'll see you in less than two months. So November third yep. through sixth. Yeah, that's crazy. We are already kind of starting to fine tune the agenda and the panels and all that stuff. So if anyone, anyone out there is interested in going, has questions about it, hit me up. But uh, three days in the desert. Like I said, the third through six at Wrigleyville West. Potentially World Series Game Six, Game Seven uh, at the at the hotel lobby. If not, we'll hit the Home Run Derby. We'll hit Fall Stars that same weekend across the street. Um, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Anyone who uh, I, I I make the standing offer every, every year, but anyone who's a first timer goes out there. Um, come find me. Beers on me. Go hang out in the lobby and just hang out and have a good time because that's honestly what i like the most about it the panels are great the info is great all that stuff but it is really just seeing everybody um old friends new friends all that stuff and that's where we met last year yep. so uh kind of kicked this whole thing off even last yep. year so i i can't wait man it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast it's kind of weird like we were talking before too like we're kind of half in first pitch Arizona mode, half already in. I got an email this week for baseball forecaster time. It's starting up, but then we're also half trying to finish things out uh, this year. So a lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. We're trying to, like you said, keep focused on the rest of the season at the same time. We already did seven rounds in a draft. I know we're itching to do at least seven more. Like we're trying to plan that one. Uh, when you say FPAS, I think about um, the drafts there that are fun yep. to uh, to see what's going on, not to mention the panels, but you nailed it. It's the uh, hanging out with people, meeting the people. Um, just it's it's a blast. It's it's a great time. So I highly recommend it. And if you guys like to golf, we're trying to get a golf thing put together. So okay. hit Ryan or myself up. We'll get you guys on the list and um, get a couple tee times booked, and we'll we'll play some golf before the festivities really kick off down there in Mesa. Tons of golf courses to choose from. So we'll find something fun to uh to have to get it going. I think we have uh, Erickson and um, Mendelssohn and a few other guys already Chris on the Olsen list there. from HQs in Olsen. there. So it'll yeah. be, it'll be a fun group. Probably this was the first year we're doing it. So just kind of feeling things out and seeing who's interested and that sort of thing. But yeah, the plan is to, is to, is to play golf kind of midday Thursday and then maybe shower. Who knows? I don't know. Shower optional. Yeah. Uh, before Bring your deodorant. The, before, yeah. Just a, yeah. Change the clothes and deodorant yeah. before the uh, welcome reception. I think at Scottsdale stadium thursday beautiful night, stadium which is, which is always fun so the yeah. food's included um get our drinks and watch some baseball and watch this year's joey weimer uh whoever yes that joey i can't wait to, to find out who it's gonna be who do i fall in love with for the weekend i cannot wait it's gonna right. be, that's why part of me is looking forward to a potential world series hanging out with everybody but i really want to see that home run derby that home yeah. run derby could be a lot of fun like i agree like I, I if if it if it's if we have to decide between game six and the Herman Derby, I'm probably watching game six. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes a lot of the times at these stadiums, they actually have TVs that are, at, uh, that are just kind of dropping out in the concourse. So you can just go to the game, watch game six and the Herman Derby at the same time. Win, 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 win. So we'll check all that stuff out, but yeah, hit us up. If you have any questions, Ryan's the veteran yep. in this one. So let us know. Um, recent news, this just happened tonight, so we don't have a lot of details just yet, but I just wanted to mention it just in case. Juan Soto left tonight's game. He got hit in the shoulder by a pitch. He's been in a bit of a slump as well, but uh, never good when Juan Soto goes down. I know he's not helping teams at the moment, but he also could help you in the blink of an eye. So keep an eye on that going forward into the weekend. That could be another big uh, hurdle. I don't know if you've seen anything else on that at all. Uh, no, just the guy, he kind of got hit in the upper back shoulder. Um, doesn't sound bad, but who knows? I mean, you mentioned the slump, but like, 
I actually, I mean, so in prepping for this, I did just kind of take, I don't have Soto anywhere this year, but like he hasn't stolen a base, um, even attempted to steal a base with, um, with San Diego and is hitting 214, three home runs over the last month. Like, where would you, I mean, would you, how early would you take? I mean, I think Juan Soto went in, in our 2023 Degenerates draft, went like 10th or 12th, I think, overall, which seemed a little late at the time. Um, but I'm a little, I don't know. I don't know. What, do you think he's a kind of mid first rounder next year? Uh, Soto went 10th overall to, of course, Brian Slack. But, um, it's one of those we'll see him healthy in uh, in spring and you'll you'll get your hopes up again. You know how talented he is, but in reality, like you said, he's just not running like he used to. He wasn't even running a ton last year, and there's so much talent at the top now when it comes to power, speed, and getting those five categories like we love to, to do that he might get pushed back once pitching gets pushed up and you see all these young studs continue to move up the boards. He might be a late first. I don't know if he slips into the second, but I think there's still going to be someone in every draft that wants Juan Soto. I mean, I, 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 it's just, it's an interesting thought exercise at this point. Like the lineup is going to be just fantastic next year. And there's no way that this, that this Babbitt's going to continue um, really for any length of time next season. But it's just interesting to only see him hitting 240, only 24 homers and six deals. But again, those were all with the Nationals. So, um, yeah, because it comes down, it comes down if you're looking for outfielders like Bryce Harper want to pick after him. A lot of similarities in the overall profile there. Um, Jordan Alvarez went uh, in round two. You could probably make a, an argument for a healthy Jordan over Soto if you're not worried about the steals. So it does become quite interesting when you really want to break it all down going to the next year. But we'll have plenty of time to do that for sure. Um, Starling Marte was starting to heat up of late, and then he got hit in the hand, fractured a finger. They're saying he's day-to-day. I don't know how a fractured finger lets you come back and be productive, but what do I know? So he's day-to-day for now, Ryan, not on the IL, but we'll get to some other guys that were day-to-day that are on the IL now. So what's your thoughts on Starling Marte? Yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, you see it's a non-displaced finger fracture. I think that's the good kind. Um, I mean, insert Mets joke here, right? Like that they say he's day-to-day and fractured finger. I agree. Like that doesn't really sound great. Um, So we'll see. I'm not really trusting what the Mets are saying right now. I don't know if it's, you know, when he'll, when he'll be back. I do know it's probably Taylor Naquin time again. Naquin started both games in Marte's absence in right field homered. I think uh, either. Yeah. Homered earlier today on Wednesday hitting seventh in pretty good lineup. And so, I mean, we talked about Tyler Naquin when he was traded from Cincinnati at the deadline and how it kind of killed his fantasy value because he'd be a part-time player. But uh, as long as Marte is out, I think Naquin's going to play pretty much every day. Um, They might platoon him a little bit, but if you're looking for playing time, and this will be a theme kind of when we get to the meat of the show with the September kind of strategy, anybody who's playing it every day can go on a heater right now. And Tyler Naquin, we've already kind of seen that from him early in the season with uh, Cincinnati. So Tyler Naquin somebody who I'm definitely interested, probably somebody who is on most um, even deeper league waiver wires just because he did not have a, an everyday gig before Marte went down. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that'll be quite interesting when looking at all that. Um, Josh Jung, this is a guy going in early draft season. I made a joke on Twitter about my my DC teams are going to be excited because <laughs> looked like the potential starting third baseman for Texas, and everyone was loving the power potential for Jung. And then he gets hurt. I thought he was out for the whole season. I thought it was a lost cause. Came back late July and started uh, playing in AAA in 30 games. He's hitting 267 with nine home runs and uh, even a stolen base in there. So the 29 RBI has been super productive. 
and Brad Miller goes to the IL, giving Josh Jung a chance to make his debut on Friday. This could be a fun one for the stretch, Ryan. Tons of prospect pedigree. He's mashing AAA. Like, yeah, didn't seem to skip a beat with the shoulder injury. And you're right, Bubba. Like, I, I uh, everyone kind of scratched him off. This feels like 10 years ago, but, but, um, Josh Dung was like the one. Remember that? I mean, there was just no information during the lockout of injuries and that sort of thing. He was one of those yep. uh, that we actually heard about. I think it was like February where he was presumed to be out for the season and pretty much off of everybody's list. And so, yes, if he's on your DC, you may have a drafting problem because that was before. I wasn't before February, it, but yes. <laughs> Let's wait and see what Zach's ownership percentage is for Josh Jung because tell, him and tell Fish, us you're in too many drafts yeah. and you draft too early without telling us that you're drafting yeah. too early. But uh, but no, I mean, I, like I said, Triple A numbers look good. He's got the pedigree. If he plays every day, I mean, we we that that is kind of an if. I mean, we've seen what Texas has done with their third baseman this season. Um, I'm looking at you, Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran. So we don't know if it'll be an everyday thing, but uh, I mean, if he hits, why, I mean, and why wouldn't Texas let him go and see what they have? So yeah, I'd, I'd say Jung's a lot different than Duran and Smith. So let's hope they don't platoon like they good did with point. those two and stress us out. So uh, yeah, let's let's hope this is a good thing coming for uh, for Josh Jung. Uh, Dylan Carlson, you know, the Cardinals and their embarrassment of outfield riches, um, they lose Dylan Carlson, who since August 1st, you know, only hitting 207, started hitting a little bit of late, but still not great. He has more OBP guy than batting average guy. Um, he goes to the IL, and um, they just keep calling up prospects that can rake. It's ridiculous what they're doing, but uh, Carlson is pretty much done for a little bit. Done for a little bit. Looks, I mean, looks like old Corey Dickerson's going to gonna keep playing, at least against... At least against right-handed pitching, somewhere yeah, seven out there. righties this week. It was glorious. Yep, yep. Somewhere out there, Yancey Eaton uh, yep. is, is smiling. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other two spots. It, it also probably extends Lars Newbar, who's just pretty much locked in. Been a little cold lately, but locked in at leadoff. So um, yeah, I don't know. Something with Cardinals Devil Magic. I just I'm watching a lot more Cardinals lately, lately just because. Uh, man, I really want to see Pujols get 700. Yeah, that like it'd be really a big shame if he makes this massive push and then somehow doesn't get there and it'd be like, oh, come on, man. Like you're so close. Make it happen. That would uh, be a real big bummer, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. They're trying to give him as much playing time as possible. It looks like so. And I saw there are like, run. there are some kind of prop bets out there. And I think for Pujols to get to 700, it's like plus 200 odds and to not get it, it's like minus 275. So interesting. Interesting. So yeah, might be some fun plus money to see what happens. Um, I mentioned earlier that we had some guys that were day-to-day and supposed to pitch later this week, and now they're on the IL. We'll start with Max Scherzer, who, you know, whenever I hear he's hurt, I'm like, oh, he's going to pitch. He's going to be fine. It's Max Scherzer. He's not going on the IL. What are you talking about? Well, Max Scherzer goes on the IL. They say retroactive, so he'll only miss one start, supposedly. We'll see. Um, But he goes the IL. They did get Carlos Carrasco back recently, so they still have a five-man rotation that consists of DeGrom, Peterson, Carrasco, Walker, and Bassett. But, uh, yeah, losing Scherzer, hopefully it's just one start because that could uh, really sting down the stretch here. Yeah, really could. And, I mean, the Mets don't really have the ability to take it easy with Scherzer. I mean, they're in a they're in a dogfight with the Braves right now. That's The Braves are just absolutely on fire. That race is yep. going to be – I mean, the Mets haven't really even played that bad, and the Braves have caught him anyway. Um, but, I mean, going back to Scherzer, like, yeah, not. I mean, the Mets need him back. So not to say they're going to push him back. Uh, but they're certainly not going to take their time with Scherzer. I, I, I mean, David Peterson. I think, like you mentioned, Bubba Carrasco's back. 
kind of um didn't mm-hmm. didn't pitch very well in his no. in his first start but i think if anything this solidifies david peterson and i think the mets get the marlins this weekend and peterson that's starting glorious friday night so uh all systems go with david peterson i mean if you're looking for for, for pitching at this point peterson has the length he pitches on a good team he's got 19 strikeouts to three walks over his last three starts uh two of those starts were against the rockies and nationals but whatever um that's someone who i mean i feel like we talk about him every other podcast because six starters like him always kind of get that opportunity again, but Peterson's absolutely someone I'm interested in. Yeah. And he's a guy we've talked about before that he, he changed his pitch mix up. He still has a little bit of a walk issue, but the strikeouts have come up in a big way. So like you mentioned, the Marlins just horrible offense, especially versus lefties. So yeah, lock and load and have some fun with David Peterson. That should be a good one for the time being. Uh, Franchi Cordero to the IL. That was fun while it lasted for a few days. Bobby Dahlbeck gets sent down because He's not pretty. He couldn't play shortstop. Yeah. Oh my God. That is unbelievable. And Tristan Casas, or Cases, I I always mispronounce it, got called up. Casas. Okay. He went deep yesterday for his first home run. In AAA, he was hitting 281 with 12 homers um, over 76 games. Dude can mash. We know this. Now he's going to get the chance because Hosmer is pretty much done for the year, too. On paper, this looks like his job for the rest of the season, which is going to make Fab even more fun with no money on Monday or Sunday night. Yeah, uh, I yeah, it's absolutely Casas, and he's got a ball, Boston plays three righties at Baltimore this weekend, so like that could probably even pump up that Fab price even more with a big weekend for for Casas. And subtle subtle plug for first pitch Arizona, but Casas was one of the highlight kind of prospects that we saw out there last year. So like fall league, um, you're gonna get you're gonna get to see a lot of these guys that will be up in 2023. Um, Casas, I mean, have, have you seen him? That dude is a house. He's big dude. Big oh dude. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's built to play first base slash DH and then retiring or beer league softball league. Man, he is, uh, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, it's not like a Vogelbach. It's an Adam Dunn. Like he's got some some height to him and a lot of muscle, but like, man, I, I don't remember him being. That he's like the John Dowd guy from uh, the old baseball game when they couldn't use Barry Bonds. Yeah, just some hulking lefty. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so like size is not a, a fantasy category, but like, yeah, the power is legit. We've been talking about Casas um, throughout the season just because I, I thought this call up should have come sooner, but obviously Boston's playing that keep him rookie eligible game for, for 2023. Uh, numbers were great in AAA, gets on base, has power. If you need power, and you probably do, um, Casas is is definitely definitely on there. It's probably going to cost you, you know, depending on depending on what people have left in Fab, but it's probably going to cost you because I think he's going to be in for a big weekend against three righties against Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you. It should be a monster weekend, and uh, we'll see if he sneaks through for a dollar again. I'm going to try try very very <laughs> hard. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Wilson Contreras of the Chicago Cubs. Yes, if people missed the trade deadline, he's still a Chicago Cub. Um, this is probably why he got hurt because he's on the Cubs. But he goes to the IEL. Jan Gomes is starting. And, you know, Jan Gomes has been serviceable in his career when he gets regular playing time. So I will say that much. I won't clown on Jan Gomes. I'm more going to clown on the Cubs because they didn't trade Wilson Contreras, who is having a good season, but it doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah, doesn't really matter anymore. And it's funny, like I made this joke in our 2023 draft, but like I drafted Contreras in the seventh round. And like for for whatever reason, I'm in some kind of like time realm where I'm rooting for these guys. Uh, 
in the wrong year. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Contreras, I mean, is he a drop? Like uh, that's the kind of stuff you got to start thinking about because a 10 day IL stint is, you know, third of the season, a little bit more than the third of the season. So um, something I definitely consider as, as weird as that sounds because you have to be so aggressive and Gomes. Yeah. Like you said, Bubba has always been kind of serviceable um, in an everyday role, 14% strikeout rate. He's only hitting 220, but making plenty of contact, uh, not much quality to it. Six homers and 236 plate appearances, 4% barrel rate, kind of like a can't hurt you second catcher type. So uh, play it based off the matchups and that's probably about it. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% with you on that one. So we'll wait and see how it goes. But um, if we get any more news that he's going to be out for more than a week, I'd, I'd start looking into other plans, basically, when it comes to Wilson Contreras, because you can't afford to be having that zero much longer nope. at the catcher's position. Um, Anthony Rizzo goes to the aisle. He's been battling back issues all year. He's always had back issues, but it seems like it's worse than usual right now. And also, the Yankees have had a little bit of a cushion to rest guys. That cushion is slowly evaporating, but they have that cushion still. But uh, yeah, Rizzo's down and out for now. They got they called up Ronald Guzman to play there. Uh, it's pretty much been a platoon situation. Like Marwin Gonzalez has got some playing time. It's it's a mess in uh, in New York. It's it's a mess all around in New York. I mean, some of their lineups today. I know today was uh, I think um, you know, double hitter. Yep, double header. So like, but yeah, spring training vibes to some of these lineups. I'm not interested in in Guzman or Marwin Gonzalez who started for them today. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like I didn't realize I, I don't have much Rizzo. I didn't realize he's fifth in the American League in home runs. Like I thought the power was like short was porch going away. In, short porch, yeah, short porch is like like a major you, when, part. when you get when you get bored or whoever has Rizzo in the spec or the uh, the specular what i'm playing in the forecasters this year um look at his home roads splits and you will see a drastic split it's almost like playing in coors field for rizzo it's 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 a it's a big difference that short porch has been a beautiful he had that one game where he had that three home run game that i believe it was either him or carpenter it might have been carpenter now three home run game though where none of the balls would have been home runs in any other ballpark He's got 18 homers at home, 12 on the road. I mean, not like crazy, crazy, but um, yeah, it helps. It helps yeah. to have that. And like, yeah, and and the fact that, I mean, he's been doing this with back problems. Kind of weird, but. Very weird. Very weird. Uh, another weird one, Justin Steele, back problems. Wasn't supposed to be on the IL. Uh, was supposed to pitch Thursday. Well, he's on the IL after the lineup's locked, so that was fun. And I love Justin Steele. I've talked about him plenty on shows. He's been great. He's absolutely outstanding. Pretty much a drop now, unless we get some news that he's going to be starting early next week. It's going to be tough to to hang on to Justin Steele. But uh, what are you thinking on him? Yeah, this is uh, you. Sound bitter, kind of going through that. I I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just as bitter, if not more. He's he's burned me in my main event. Uh, Steele has the last two weeks because let's see, his last start, he left early with with back problems, but he still went, he still threw 88 pitches and you know what we all know how good Justin Steele had been up until that time. And he had a 0.96 ERA in five August starts, but left that left his last August start with back issues. Couldn't make the following week's trip to Toronto because he's unvaccinated. So put on the restricted list, but was supposed to start the following weekend, last weekend and got pushed back. So he was in my lineup in the main mm-hmm. event last weekend. And he's in the lineup this week because he was supposed to have the two steps, supposed to go Tuesday. And so it's been a double zero for me for Justin Steele. Um, I will be dropping with with joy. But um, uh, a, a damn impressive 
finish for him. He's someone I'm going to be very interested in in 2023. I know back issues can kind of linger, but he's a he's a young buck, um, age 27 season next year. So it's definitely someone who I'm impressed with. A little bit of a pitch mix change and uh, really good skills to round out the season despite these uh, two weeks of madness. Yeah, no, I'm very, very intrigued with him next year. He's been absolutely outstanding, and he'll probably throw another gym or something right at the end of the season to really reel us all in So, uh, and make it sting even more for the loss we've had recently. But uh, I at least got him for a few weeks, so it wasn't just a two-week burn that you got. So you can be a little more bitter than me, that is for sure. Rough. Um, and, uh, this was kind of more of a tongue-in-cheek one here. Austin Slater to the IL, Lewis Brinson gets called up, and he has been crushing baseballs. Like, I made the joke when he got – picked up by the Giants and called up because I remember last year when he tore it up for like three weeks and it was great. Um, and he just loves hitting lefties and it's big lefty week for the Giants, but Brenson's hit safely in uh, four or five games and with three home runs. I will say this though, in the minors for the Astros before he went to the Giants, he was hitting 299 with 22 homers and five stolen bases. So he wasn't just like a scrub. Like he was doing stuff in triple a, which just makes you like, he's that perfect four a player basically. And, um, yeah, what's like I'm not saying go and pick him up, people, because once they get back to regular schedule, it's Lamont Wade Jr. time. But uh just something to think about. Yeah, I was gonna say count, counterpoint to that triple A comment. He is twenty-eight, uh twenty-eight years old now. So quad A is 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 a good call. Um yeah, I don't think it's Lewis. Uh, Lewis Brinson season was I think supposed to be 20, 2015, something yep. like that. Um I mean, has it, it's kind of weird the Giants have faced Four lefties in a row. And they got two more this week. They got two more. So he's leading off against lefties. Mm, he's taking the Austin say. Slater role. Yep. Um, it's not gonna not gonna last once they start yeah. facing righties and people get healthy. But yeah, Lewis Brinson, what a name. Yep, that's one of the wayback machine names for anybody that's played long enough. You know how many times we wanted to draft him for his upside, but like just to start next week, they get. Kyle Wright, Strider, Morton against Atlanta. So he won't play any of those games right out the gate. So don't go rushing to spend money on him. If you're in a daily league, they'll pick him up for the weekend. He's get Drew Smiley and Wade Miley. So have fun with that if you want to. Um, Brandon Drury goes to the concussion IL, and it didn't sound very good. Like the reports that came out from San Diego, like this doesn't feel like it's going to be a seven-day one. Might be a little longer. You never know. Things can change with concussions, obviously. But uh, he might be out for a little longer than I think people want him to be. Yeah, it's really hard to tell like how yeah, how hard this is. And um obviously you hope that he's okay. It's it's weird, man. It's just another San Diego trade deadline like disaster. I mean, you kind of feel bad for him at this point. But um yeah, did not sound good. Happened, I think, shortly after Locke. So Brandon yep. Drury is also in my main event lineup <laughs> with Justin Steele. So they yeah, can kind of hang out on the IL all week and take, take a week off, boys. That's that's cool. Um, but, yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, maybe if anything, like Will Myers might get a little bit more playing time. I think Myers homered on Wednesday. And similar side of the plate. I know Drury kind of plays everywhere. But Myers has started in left field. And at first base, played for the last five games um, in a in a still you know pretty decent lineup, hitting like seventh. Um, he went so, deep tonight. Yep, yeah, he went deep, and I don't know. I mean, it's Will Myers. We all we all know the book on him, but okay. he could like like and this may be a repeated book, but anyone can get hot and stay hot. They just need playing time at this point. So um, we've seen it with Will Myers for sure. Yes, we have. So. 
100% on board with you there. Uh, Nick Castellanos to the IL with an oblique injury from a swing. Um, the latest thing I saw was from Matt uh, Gelb, one of the beat writers, on September 3rd. This is how far back. Uh, it's the cl- latest thing I've seen. Uh, they have not got the results back, so there should be something somewhere. But I have not seen anything updating Nick Castellanos. Maybe you have, but it seems like he's day-to-day is the nicest way to put it. Yeah. I mean, what a what a bad season for Castellanos. I mean, 13 home runs and 500 at-bats like that. Uh, coming off what he did in 2021, hit 309, 34 homers, 100 ribbies, and 95 runs. Like, uh, yeah, this was not a good season for him. And I think he'll be – Castellanos will be – popping up i'm sure on a bunch of off-season bloom boards of guys who mm-hmm. have had the track record and just it all fell apart this season so i actually i actually am quite interested in him for next season we year two in philadelphia kind of that pressure's off um yep. you know we'll see but uh yeah pretty pretty bad way to end a, a really rough season definite by low situation coming up nick castiano's 100 on board so. the talent's still very much there like you said he'll be on bloom boards so be very very interesting to see what that all entails come draft day uh tyler molly back to the il he had shoulder issues came back made a start didn't last long it was ugly back on the il, IL with right shoulder issues i dropped them before this one he's definitely a drop now if you still have them so uh, move on please Yep, he's a drop now and 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 chris archer stays and and louis varland stays in in minnesota uh should not be staying on your rotations but yeah sucks for mally yeah sucks for him uh speaking of chris archer i'm gonna do a side note real quick for anybody listens to the chris rose rotation if you want to hear total baseball dude stuff archer was on the show and him and and correa have beef from the stealing sign stealing incidents so the way they hashed it out is he said we were in the shower where we were both vulnerable where men can talk as he said and they talked about everything, hashed everything out, and now they're like best friends. Just let that Damn. sink in for a second. <laughs> I was just like, "Alrighty, he is I'll like, have he, to listen to that." Yeah, That's I was just, I, I was just listening, going, "So this is what you guys do in your off days." Gotcha. Okay, sounds. I good. think we need, I think we need old uh, Fam and and Jock to just hash it out too and see, yeah. what, see what happens. Like they talk like you have a lot of uh, football DFS guys talking about the shower narrative from like high uh, college days. Like you want the quarterback and the tight end or whatever. Apparently there's one in baseball too. Um, Cutter Crawford, who we absolutely loved for a long time. He's hit the skids and I mentioned it before the IL. Like I tweeted about him. Like oh, I loved him. Things have not worked out. It's time to move on. Now he goes to the IL. Definitely time to move on for those that still stuck it out a little longer. But uh, man, the early profile looks really strong, Ryan. And it just kind of faded quickly. Yeah, faded really fast. Um, had that, I think, nine earned run start against either Baltimore or Toronto a couple weeks ago and just didn't really get much better from, from there. So it's hard to tell, like, I don't know, is Boston just kind of shutting him down? Is he really hurt? Like, I don't know. Um, but it, it is it does make sense for Boston to just kind of protect uh, Cutter Crawford. I mean, 26, he's not like super young, but they're not playing for anything at this point. And I mean, they'll, 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 it'll, it'll extend Brian Bayo, uh, who we'll uh, talk about a little bit later in the show, extend him and give him a longer look. Who's actually pitched and I'm maybe stealing your thunder, but pit, pitch yeah. better lately. So we'll, we'll get to him lately, but he's uh, or later. He's definitely part of that Sox rotation, at least until, at least until Boston wants to, wants to pull the plug on the season for Bayo. Yeah. Which could come soon. You never know with Boston. Uh, Jorge maybe Blanc this weekend. Who- yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be my luck. Uh, Jorge Polanco was day to day forever, and they finally put him on the IL with knee inflammation. 
And it sounds like it's just one of those that the knee was never getting better. Like they kept trying to test it out. It didn't work. Just they said, screw it. We're going to the IL. There's no timetable right now. It's a weird one. And the twins need them because they're still competing for that division. And so it's a tough one. He's one of those, like, if I don't get real positive news this weekend, I could see moving on from Jorge Polanco, which is a tough one to do this time of the year. It's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's something you pretty much have to do. I mean, if there's something with no timetable or, or there's still, or there's still some vagueness to the return, like I, I think you have to cup it. I mean, the best way to learn a language immersion living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Blanco wasn't really doing much anyway. In the second half, he's hitting 226 with six homers and 133 at bat. So, like, it's not actively hurting your team so i i i would i would cut bait and move on it's it is interesting the you know like you mentioned bubba the knee injury kind of lingering i do wonder how much i mean obviously last season for polanco was a career year right hit 269 33 homers 11 bags like that was that was massive i do wonder how much that knee injury affected his 2022 and what the buyback mm-hmm. potential is for polanco next season polanco is only going to be i feel like he's Old, a lot older than this but um he's and, and i always get guys mixed up like i always get him mixed up i think i put a tweet about this i always for whatever reason i get him mixed up with eduardo escobar it's like 34 <laughs> and i just cannot separate those two guys apart i think they're on the twins together at the same time or, or whatever but um but yeah polanco age 30 next year like has that track record and if if the knee is healthy and that's what was dragging him down next year um uh, just tuck that away for your yeah. offseason prep yeah, there's gonna be a lot of guys like that that'll be fun to, to dig into and see if it's worth uh, taking the gamble on at the proper draft price. And last piece of news we have here, there's probably much more because that's what we do these days. Andrew Benintendi goes to the IL with a handmade injury, has to have surgery, likely done for the rest of the season, might make a late return, but for fantasy, he's done. So move on from Andrew Benintendi. Yep, and a kind of shaky Mets or Mets, shaky Yankees outfield gets just a little bit shakier. So our boy Aaron Hicks maybe is a little safer, but that's probably not a good thing. That was my first thought. Well, playing time secured for Aaron Hicks, but then you have Oswaldo Cabrera. They called up. You have Miguel Andahar's been getting some love for you. Estevan Florial. I guess look at their roster resource page. Like this is not supposed to be the New York Yankees. This is pretty impressive seeing this roster right here. There's there's the Braves peaking at the right time, and then there's there's the Yankees, which not that. Speaking of which, just going to throw it out there because I can. Jordan Montgomery with another great start on Wednesday night. Good job, Yankees. Yeah, Sorry, he, he, he did not. It, it was shades of Yankee version. Jordan Montgomery yes. did not get the win. I think it was like six and two thirds with six and two thirds one, one run. run. But 
couldn't yeah. get the dub. So, yeah, that um, that still took place. I think he has five wins and like seven starts with the Cardinals. So, I'll yeah. take Cardinals I'll take came. It. I think the Cardinals. Yeah, they came back and won. They were yeah. so it was one one when Montgomery left. They won and six then the five. Cardinals gave up. Yeah, it was five one. Cardinals gave up four runs in the bullpen and then came back six five. So, yep, Cardinals That's devil true. magic. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Cardinals Braves and LCS or get ready or whoever has to face the Dodgers yeah. in the opening segment is going to be fun too. Like it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that all shakes out, but uh, let's talk weekly matchups. Our matchup game that going into last week, we just keep tying. That's what we do. It's simple, simple game. We play here until last week where Ryan got lucky. It's almost say no, he had Brendan Donovan. I had Harold Ramirez. He won. I had Drew Smiley. He had Austin Voth. He won. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, my odds of uh, having you pay my greens fee in at first pitch just got a little bit better because I'm up. Uh, let's see, eleven nine on you on the season. So you need to sweep a weekend back from me because, uh, yeah, um, it's it's almost getting to dormy stage. So we'll 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 see. But yeah, am, uh, we didn't get to play last any, week. I'm not conceding any putts to you, so you have to figure. Oh out. no, we'll we'll play this one out for sure. But uh, I mean, it's kind of like futility on the pitcher side. Drew Smiley only two strikeouts. Yeah, two like, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good a good play. I didn't think both would win. I mean, he only had four strikeouts, so yeah. whatever. Our hitters both did fine. Harold Ramirez and Donovan. I just happened to edge you out eight to seven. So yeah. um, you know, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. You really do. You hate to see it. If you guys want to see what he really feels like, watch the video. He hates to see it. Um, when we look at the weekly matchup, weekend weekly matchups for Baseball HQ here, Ryan, um, you know, we usually have a bunch of like minus one plus type matchups. We don't really have those this week. We have good matchups. Phillies, you know, or, 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 I mean, uh, yeah, Phillies against Washington. Um, you got uh, Milwaukee and Great American Small Park, which is always great. Arizona's and Coors. So some of those that you'd expect, but overall nothing like that just jump jumps off the page to you. No, those are the those are the big ones. Yeah, the top five with HQ are yeah. So the 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 Phillies against Washington. Um, that Arizona at Colorado is interesting to me. Arizona like they're quietly like mashing right now. I I I think they're gonna. They're gonna they're gonna score some runs this weekend at Coors, and they're only let's see they're facing Marquez, Jose Arena, and my man Ryan Feltner you know, on, yeah. on Sunday. So runs galore uh, for Arizona. It's and it's also three righties and Boston. I, I mentioned Boston before with with Casas, but they get three righties at Baltimore. So um, Arizona. Boston lefties are guys if you're in like weekend leagues or daily pickups those are guys you want to you want to target and then uh yeah but like you mentioned at the top HQ's ratings really like Philly um who goes to who hosts Washington um the Brewers and Kansas City everyone who uh everyone who plays this week is three games so um no volume advantages to glean really and no volume but we get Coors and Great American Small Park which is always Fun if you want to try if you want to try to pinpoint those things. Not always easy. Like I didn't this weekend, but uh, you you can try to find things in and out when you can. Um, on the flip side of things, though, um, the Angels are going to continue to struggle. I think going up against Houston, that's going to be a, an interesting one. You know, Otani will probably hit four home runs, but everybody else will stink. Washington, they've actually been sneaky good the last few days, so that'll be an interesting to see how the matchups dictate that in Philly. And then, man, San Diego. Well, what used to be. Yeah, they, they've got – so San Diego and the Nationals have the two toughest, but San Diego really sticks out to me because some of these ratings are based on, like, their own lineups 
futility. So um, San Diego, yeah, gets those three games against LA, and LA just dominates them. It's going to be Dustin May, Julio Urias, and Andrew Heaney. So two lefties out of the three. So be a little bit nervous about any left-handed San Diego bats. And then Washington, like you said, Bubba has has sneakily been kind of okay. Which again, if you're streaming, like those are the types of guys that are maybe on your waiver wires and you're thinking of picking up. But at Philly with Syndergaard, who's pitched better lately, Ranger Suarez obviously has pitched better lately in the Nola on Sunday. That's a that's a pretty brutal stretch for them. So, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting. There's I'm trying to look and see what if there's a, a Yankees Yankees Tampa is a kind of somewhat playoff matchup. picture kind of thing. So um, Seattle Atlanta is probably my favorite. That's a fun one. That's a very fun one. The weekend that'll be interesting to see what happens there. You would so. think LA San Diego would be, but San Diego's fallen off so much. But yeah, that Atlanta Seattle one that's sneaky nice. Tampa Bay New York could be for the division in the end of things there. Yeah. So that's uh, that's interesting as well. But yeah, there's not a whole lot else. That's why it's weird. The matchups aren't any cr- too crazy. I guess Cleveland and Minnesota technically because they're yep. both in it. So that has a little bit of volume to it as well. But uh, yeah, nothing like we've had some good ones recently, like the Braves. Um, the Braves Dodgers series was a good one one weekend and stuff like that. So nothing that jumps off the page anymore. Um, let's get into our picks for the week. I'll let you have the floor since you mopped it with me last week. Uh, who's your hitter for the week? All right. My hitter for the week. I went with who the hell did I go with? Oh yeah. Brandon Marsh. Um, hitting for power, not making much contact so i'm hedging a little bit that he's going to make like the strikeout rate's been really high for marsh but like we just kind of talked about what philly gets gets the easiest rating of any team this weekend so they get washington it is one lefty but that lefty is patrick corbin so is that really a lefty like i I think marsh i think marsh might play or at least get a pinch hit appearance in that game and then it's eric fetty and annabelle sanchez who um yeah, if you told me Anibal Sanchez was still pitching at this point, that's uh, that's that's something. So um, yeah, I went with Marsh. I just think if, if I like the lineup, I like I think Philly's going to score a bunch of runs this weekend and uh, maybe turn over a couple more times in the lineup. And so it just needs to make a little bit of contact, but the the quality contact's been there for him. So we'll 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 see. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's, it's, he surprised me. I was bummed when he got hurt when he first came over, but uh, it's good to see him back in action. I'm with C. Dick. I wrote about him. I talked about him all weekend. We already talked about him on this show. I'm a huge fan of what he's doing right now, and it's all right-handers on deck. He's hitting like fifth usually against righties of late uh, over his last 15 games. He's safely in 12 of them, hitting over 450. Uh, only one homer, but he's all I care about is hits, runs, and RBIs. So he's accumulating right now uh, overall, and they're facing – Ronzi Contreras, JT Brubaker, Mitch Keller, and the Pittsburgh bullpen. So sign me up for those matches. It stinks it's in Pittsburgh, but again, he could put a couple two-hit games in there, score a run or two, drive in a run or two. It wouldn't shock me at all with Dickerson this weekend. So that's what I'm going for. You're going for the power. I'm going for accumulation. We'll see how that one plays out. But I think it'll be a – it might be even like last weekend. Like this could be a close one where like one thing is going to break this one wide open. And it'll be – and you might have the upper hand there with the power in that ballpark against Washington. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see. Accumulation usually wins out. Like, yeah, the park isn't great with a Pittsburgh, but it is. I mean, like you said, those three righties. And I mean, we talked about I shouldn't have hyped Dickerson. I didn't realize that was your pick until just now. I should have hyped him earlier on. But but yeah, three righties like that's that's what you want. So he's going to play each of those three games, I would think. 
Hundred percent. Um, who is your pitcher for the week? So pitching, uh, broken record here, but pitching is extremely thin, even in twelve teamers under fifty percent. But I went with Daniel Lynch. I thought this was a pretty good, pretty good matchup. Um, Lynch is pitching at home against Detroit, so I know we're just counting strikeouts for our for our little game here. But I think win potential is pretty solid. Detroit is just kind of playing out the string. At this point, Kansas City is as well. Uh, but Lynch, the, the big thing for me is like, even though the 482, like the ratios are bad, 42 ERA, 154 whip, he's still missing bats. 12% swing strike rate, and that typically, you know, trends with strikeouts. So um, he's gotten 10 strikeouts his last uh, two starts, just pitched at Detroit, um, which I need to kind of look at maybe something for this offseason. The facing a, the same team twice in a row how does that second start go the the narrative the conventional wisdom is it's not going to go as well i don't know if that's actually true i don't know if uh, it might be i just haven't seen the numbers of the study behind it so it could be something but kind of going off on a tangent but lynch is my pick at uh hosting detroit i like the matchup more than anything else for dfs thoughts because this has happened a lot this year it feels like it's probably like 65 35 bad but there's been a lot of goods. There's yeah. there's been a couple. There's been a couple that was there's three straight starts, and that's when it got nasty. So I mean, intuitively, like you see the same pitches, yep. you pick up on the release point, like that sort of thing. It makes sense. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen like an actual study on it. So yeah, something to definitely dig into. So I'd be interesting to see. I'm going Brian Bale as we meant you mentioned him earlier. Um, you know, big-time prospect, struggled his first time through, walks were an issue, strikeouts weren't even really there a ton. But since uh, getting demoted and coming back up, he's made three starts, a uh, total of 15 innings, has 14 Ks is what we're looking for. He's got five or more in two out of his three starts. Um, does face Baltimore, who's been sneaky good. We know this. They've been sneaky good, but they still strike out. And that's all I'm looking for. If Bayo could somehow go five, six innings, I should on paper get five-plus Ks, and that's what I'm shooting for here as this improvement, the, the the pitches are filthy when he's not walking the world. So um, I'm going with Brian Bayo, hoping I uh, get a little Cutter Crawford love in like, you know, retrospect there and uh, go get some Brian Bayo strikeouts and get me back into the uh, get even call. I'm going to the next week. It's funny, like with, with Bayo and I put this out the, uh, maybe a week or so ago, but like, was a pretty hyped prospect when he got called up in July and like the fab, the fab hype was building, but then he went out there and just kind of crapped the bed in his first start. And that kind of tempered things. But what if like things were reversed? I mean, he, he had that August 24 start against Toronto, seven K's one walk and five innings. Like imagine if that was Bayo's first start instead of his seventh start, that would have yeah. been some pretty wild fab bidding. Um, it's just funny how sequencing matters uh, so much in our game. Yeah, people probably forget that Logan Gilbert was like that a lot last year. Like, yeah, he was pumped for him. And now look at him. He's a regular. Kirby's been a little better, but he had some hiccups too. Like, these guys are young. Even Manoa's had some rough patches this season. Like, he's still very, very good. But uh, I, I, Bale's got the pedigree where I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to figure it out a little bit more than people want to give him credit for. So you're right there. It's just the recency biases or the, you know, the biases. Like, he got shelled. Don't want him, but he has improved. So we'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's talk about it. I said we got about a month to go here. So let's talk September strategy. This is going to be fun because it's where can I make up ground? You're going to see guys like we talk about the Dussos of the world and DPHOs and some other guys that they'll drop some big boy names because they're like, this does not help my team anymore. And you have to be able to do that and not worry about the repercussions in the rest of your league. 
and you need to focus on like I know Rob's talked about he went like nine relievers one week because he just needed as many saves as he could figure out. Um, you do all kinds of goofy stuff, but uh, we're talking matchups potentially, strengths of schedules going forward, uh, different ways to go about there. So, how are you approaching these final four weeks, Ryan? Um, I mean, you'll hear this on like kind of every podcast, so I don't want to make it kind of too too basic or just repeating the 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 normal echo chamber type stuff. But everything at this point is about two things: it's about playing time and it's about categories. Like that's those are the only two things that that should matter um you need hitters who are in the lineup you need pitchers who at least from a starting pitcher aspect are still going five innings and are planning to go five innings um those are the two big things that that you need to look for um so i mean just a couple examples just to kind of give this a little bit more meat than just like kind of theoretical stuff uh today so on on wednesday Jeffrey Springs, who has been fantastic for for Tampa, um, he's kind of in uncharted workload territory for for a Tampa team. He's kind of gone back and forth throughout his career between the bullpen and starting rotation. And um, Tampa's going to probably play it pretty safe with him. Jeffrey Springs started today and just went three innings through thirty nine yep. pitches. And from what I understand, it wasn't injury related. I haven't seen anything injury related or anything like that. If you've got Jeffrey Springs, you're probably starting him because he's been fantastic. But how valuable is Jeffrey Springs if he's going three innings? Um, he's not. And if you need no. wins and K's, is Jeffrey Springs a cut? Probably. Yeah. Um, so it's just like that's an example of someone who you think like, oh, I've got a starting pitcher. I'm, you know, I'm going to start eight starters this week. I need wins and K's. Um, dig a little bit deeper and kind of see where some of these starting pitchers are in their um, kind of career in terms of workload compared to recent seasons and their last few kind of game logs. How many pitches? How many innings? What's what's what are the tea leaves? Are they are they getting shut down or are they getting even worse than a shutdown, like slowed down in Springs' yeah. case where he's only going like three innings at a time? Yeah, shutdown would be a lot better because it's just like, okay, cool. You just move know. on. Right. Yeah, it's like done. But and then we were talking about before the show, I said you could see with like the Kyle Wrights, the Spencer Striders, a lot of these young guys that teams are going to have postseason runs that need these guys in the postseason, they're going to start finagling things too. And it's, and you're not going to know it sometimes. Sometimes they'll talk about it, but there'll be other times you're going to be like, okay, like I know Strider pitched normal today, but say he was facing Oakland, you're all pumped. Like, yeah, what if he just went out and threw three innings? He'd be like, you got to be kidding me right now. Like, like out of all the starts, like, and then you're going to let him probably go a full go against like, you know, the Mets or something and watch him get hit around or something. Like, it's just one of those things where it's going to be super frustrating on some of these teams that have a lot to go for them. Uh, there'll be other teams that just kind of throw in the towel. Like we mentioned Boston, how long, how much longer does Bayo go? And then they call up another guy that can't pitch or something. Or so that just changes the matchup scenarios up. So you're looking for different hitters on different teams that you might not even think about for, for certain times. So that's also something to definitely keep in mind and, and approach those situations. But when you're looking at categories, I know we have a question on this later, but um, are there any categories that you're more, that you think are easier to come by this time of year? Like nothing's easy, of course, because you need the playing time. But like, are you thinking I can accumulate strikeouts pretty pretty easily compared to other stats? Or are you thinking like runs, RBIs, maybe stolen bases? Like is there a certain category that you're thinking I can I can make some moves in? Yeah, it's tough, Ellie, and this is just like my opinion, but like I always find that, especially on the hitting side, it's kind of like just stolen bases that are really manageable. Like you can be ahead or way behind in home runs, but it just affects everything else that I kind of play it straight. So like, and this is this is not a brag by by any means. My main event team is in like seventh place. Um, 
trying to cash, but I'm like probably 10, 15 points out. That team is 30 home runs in first. So second place is 30 home runs behind me. Um, but am I going to like drop my power hitters and pick up Miles Straws and, uh, and, and Bubba Thompson? No, because I do need, you know, batting average and runs in RB. Like it's all connected. So like steals, I think on the hitting side is really the only one that you can kind of manage. And then on the pitching side, ratios are um, interesting because they work both ways. Yep. So counting stats are a little bit different where like people ahead of you cannot go back in counting stats, but they certainly can in ERA and whip. So you can certainly make up more ground than you think in ratios. Um, and lose more ground than you think in ratios. And lose more. <laughs> I'm speaking on the positive side yeah. here, but yes, if you do have a cutter Crawford, like I did in my main yep. with that nine and run out and yes, you can lose a lot of ground um, in that as well. And that's kind of the danger in going, just finding as many starters as possible mm -hmm. and going eight or nine starters is yes, you might gain some ground in strikeouts and and wins um, because maybe you don't need the saves or whatever. But depending on the quality of those starters, like you still need to be in ratio protection mode. I think. Yeah, no, and that's that's why I only made that joke because it's uh, one of like the, the lessons learned that we'll probably talk about in the offseason from this year. But I, from last year, for me, is I was chasing potential wins and strikeouts, so I was trying to get as many starts as possible. And it lost me grounds and ratios that cost me in a couple leagues. And it was one of those, like, you don't think of it in the moment, but when you're looking back, like, well, no, duh. Like, that makes sense. That's why I'm probably more hesitant these this whole, like, all the time now with certain pitchers. Like, I'd rather not gamble on certain two-start guys, even though it's like the, you know, the Bible, according to some. It's like, oh, I need two-start pitchers. And I'm like, I'm super cautious. Like, I'll, I'd rather sit back and and risk not getting, like, four extra strikeouts or something and, uh, and that kind of scenario. So that's the only reason why I wanted to make that joke because that's something I've learned and we learn stuff every year. Like I got a whole book on what I've screwed up this year. So, um, but last year that one stuck out in a big way was streaming for uh, wins and K's. It can backfire in a big way as well. Yep. And, and always just keep out. And I mean, this is, this is pretty basic stuff too, but just keep out like how bunched you are in those categories. So if you are like, if you are maybe 10th in ERA and whip and you say, I'm just going to punt it. I'm not doing well there anyway. Um, where are the guys around you? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, something you can do. And, and also just simple stuff. Look at your standings and which categories can you actually physically move in? Otherwise, don't worry about it. Like some categories. Yep. If you need like 12 home runs to get three points, that might be way too hard this time of the year. In reality, like making up 12 homers. But if you need like five RBIs and like six runs somewhere else, maybe start focusing on top of the order bats or something like there's there's different ways to go about it in those scenarios where you're not chasing a, a lost category just because they're the hot bat like. Everyone wants the Corbin Carrolls, the Gunnar Hendersons, the Tristan Cassises, but in reality, I've sat back and thought about it recently. Did they really need to be on my teams? All of them. Maybe some of them, but not all of them. Was it worth spending my money on those guys where I could have saved it to maybe stream for guys we'll talk about the final week of the season when we need to load up on pitching? Like It, it could backfire in that regard as well. And just an example for like the some of the category bunching, I'll just use my my mixed labor team as an example. So like right now I'm third in saves. I've got 61 saves. The second place team has 66 and first place has 82. So like there is no way I'm You're getting first. first ever. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably not even going to get to second. The team behind me has 51 saves. So they're 10 saves behind. Um there's just really no one around me. So it does behoove, behoove me to, and I, it's kind of funny. I had, 
I had three closers, which is why I'm doing well. I had Kenley Jansen, Josh Hader, and Ryan Helsley. Traded Jansen like two weeks ago because I kind of saw this coming for um, Sean Manaya, And then Josh they Hader has dropped, imploded. Dropped <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Josh Hader has imploded. And then Ryan Helsley's just kind of doing okay. But uh, that's just an example of like, bunching and how spread out the categories are like a save does me no good and so i'm am i going to you know bench ryan helsley in in favor of like a ninth starter that i don't like no i'd rather get that ratio protection but if there's any starter even with any strikeout upside i'm i am gonna kind of flip the switch and uh, i think this week i actually have nine starters in in that league just because saves do me zero good um at this point and that's what you need to be looking at like and you need to be ruthless for your drops if someone's not useful for you drop them um this is the time to drop them so let me throw this scenario out there just like for listeners to kind of think of ideas because we're talking about um you know when to start people who to start just based on things like do i need to start closers should i start jeffrey springs would you rather start a three inning jeffrey springs over ryan helsley knowing you might get like three to five innings of springs if he makes two starts over Ryan Helsley. Yep. Stuff um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, those are the decisions you have to make. Like I would, I would probably take Helsley and that theoretical just because the ratios have been so great. He's going to get the K's, especially if it was like a one start springs. Uh, but that's a great point. Like Jeffrey Springs is, is I know I like how this has evolved in the Jeffrey Springs discussion, yeah. but like, it's a great example. Um, I mean, a, a great middle reliever versus Jeffrey Springs the rest of the way. Like, would you rather have? Would you rather have uh, Lois Siga of right. the Yankees, or right. would you rather have like a Springs situation? That's the kind of stuff that's that's like the realistic Fab stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Like, do I want like literally go to reliever recon, go to HQ Doug Dennis's stuff, go to the Fangraphs uh, closer page, whatever works for you, whatever your deal is. And see who not the closers are, but who's getting heavy workload in the seventh and the eighth. Look at those guys because you can throw a buck right now, and those might be a lot better than a lot of the streaming options coming up. And that's the thing; it's like, and it's the perception of the value of these guys. So, like Jeffrey Springs, he's sitting on your, you know, NFBC roster or whatever. You look, he's a hundred percent rostered in in twelve teamers. Um, you know, do you drop that? It's like, well, again, don't just hold him because he's heavily rostered in other leagues. Loizaga is 3% rostered. Um, again, probably pretty similar type ratios the rest of the way. Uh, between those two, one is highly coveted, the other is not. So it's just interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting to see how that plays out. And on the flip side, it goes to to hitting because – you know, in NFBC, you got the the biweekly moves. Um, in other leagues, you don't. So I mean, you have daily, of course, where it really changes the way you can you can stream things. But um, matchups become even more important. So like something as simple as you put a couple links up to to a couple different uh, pages, but just looking at the fan graphs, one, it's just super visible. Like you can or visual, you can see it. Like you go straight to Houston, for instance. Starting this Friday, they don't have a day off until either late September or early October, like the last week, like last week of the season. So that's a lot of straight games if you just want to like look at it. Because I tweeted it out Saturday night when I was working on Fab stuff that just looking ahead to the next week's schedule, like the Reds have nine games. Yep. There's two teams with eight games. There's also like four or five teams with five games. Yep. And it sounds simple. I know like we we and other people like just blast that down over and over again, like the matchups. But a five-game schedule 
is going to really hurt when there's eight and nine game schedules coming up. Even if it's a worse player on the eight or niner, as long as they're playing eight or nine games, they are somehow going to outperform most of those five game guys. It's just the way it's going. Unless it's an elite player, of course, they're going to outperform most of them. So that kind of little stuff. That too. that that difference of three games in a week. That's more than ten like percent of the bats. season. It's that's huge. Tremendous. Yeah. So, so it's um and yeah, I mean, you bring up the schedule, like there's there's a couple of good resources out there. Like Bubba, you just mentioned the the fangrass page, which is really nice. I like this site called Tankathon. Um, I don't know why they call it Tankathon. I guess they track it for like odds to get draft lottery and stuff the, the following year, but they've got a really cool page. And if anyone wants I I can put the link out. Yeah, I never heard um, of it until you put it in there. How's that go? Oh, you hadn't. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how I found it, but like they, they've got this one page where it's got everybody at each team, how many games left and like what the strength of schedule and the toughest and easiest opponents and the number of games by opponent. And it's just like, really, it's one page you can go to that basically just summarizes. It doesn't give you like the sequence and when they're going to play everybody, but you can kind of pair it with fan graphs or, you know, uh, Rotowire or whatever um, to kind of put, put the whole picture together but this is just a really nice kind of snapshot on take a thon of who are the teams that have the most games what's the strength of schedule and what are their opponents so like right off the bat the number one um strength of schedule team in terms of number one i say hardest is arizona and you just look at on, on Tankathon, they've got eight games against la which is absolutely brutal um especially from the hitting side um we'll see you know I don't know what that LA rotation is going to look like in September, but that's a, again, another variable that you play, but eight games against LA two against Houston, three or five against San Diego and three against the Brewers like that. That's, that, that's a tough stretch. Um, whereas like the easiest schedule remaining is the Mets. They've only got two quote unquote hard teams in Atlanta for three, the Brewers for three, but the Mets play Washington three, Oakland three, Pittsburgh four, Marlins five and Cubs three. Like nice. that is, that is butter, man. Um, so they only have 24 games, which is, you know, another, another kind of, issue there um in terms of volume but if you can get the mets on the right week like man that's a pretty easy schedule man you got the reds again 28 games which is kind of the top number for most of these games again nine games next week helps but yep. seven against the pirates seven against the cubs coming up like i know they got the brewers for seven and cardinals for five so that's tricky but in reality the brewers they've been eating burns hasn't been the same burns i'm not expecting to be that bad forever don't get me wrong but peralta's not going deep lauer's not lauer right now so that's not as cakey as it was it's still not bad but if you get those matchups at least some of those in great american small park anything can happen so that's always interesting and you, and you see a lot of trends here too it's the central teams and then the <laughs> al west like it's it's like that's a big uh, and then the nl east pops up but um yeah it's interesting like seattle and it's it made me like dig into certain guys last week and now seeing this makes it stand out even more like Abraham Toro got called up. Not a fancy name to some. People might remember him from last year. But he's playing every day. He's second base, third base eligible. Like he's got a little pop. And they play the Hayes for six, the uh, Tigers for four, Royals three, Rangers three, Angels four. Like that is juicy. So, is, yep. Like uh, it's it, it's interesting looking at some of these that you can really pinpoint some interesting matchups just by looking long term. So, like you said, you see that, then you see like maybe when do they play? I'm always a fan. I've preached it forever especially for pitching but hitting if you can't that's why i tweeted it out the other day is i like looking a week ahead you get these guys so cheap now it doesn't really matter no one's got any money so it is what it is but 
go and load up for guys for two weeks from now if you want to. And then you don't have to worry. Like, just start planning ahead. Yeah. You'll be much happier in the end. That's something I need to from an in season kind of process for next year. It's tough. It's I need like, to get better. I don't at. do it. I don't do it nearly enough. Like I wish I did. It's just like the certain Saturdays where I have extra time where I'm sitting there, like when yeah. I'm at my in laws' house. Um, so <laughs> I I I, uh, I, I uh, had some extra time on my hands, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those situations. Um, Cincinnati, you mentioned twenty eight games. The other team with twenty eight is uh, Cleveland, and they've got one. They've got a pretty juicy schedule as well. So any kind of Cleveland bats, Cleveland plays Kansas City for seven against that uh, that rotation. The Rangers for three, and the Angels for three. Their quote unquote harder opponents are the Twins, and from a rotation standpoint, like the Twins aren't it. So. Uh, that combination of of volume and matchups for Cleveland, I think, is really interesting in terms of pickups. So and see, uh, and there's there's some teams that can look like you said the Twins, and I'm sitting there going, and you mentioned with the Dodgers earlier, like what's the rotation look like? Well, yeah. this is the Twins base play like on their season numbers and their win percentages, I'm guessing, and whatnot. Now you know they're winning percentage, I think. Yeah, that rotation just keeps getting worse and worse in Minnesota. So you could see those numbers flip. And next thing you know, Cleveland hits eight against Minnesota, and that's on the other side of the spectrum pretty soon. So um, that's an interesting one to look at as well. So it's a cool page. It really stands out. Like the Yankees actually have a a trickier schedule than you think. Uh, They're kind of middle of the pack. But uh, it also, another thing we've talked hitting this whole time pitching people. So uh, you can easily flip this on its head again, even if it's just for those middle reliever guys we're talking about. Like, hey, the um, like for example, Tampa Bay's got 27 games. They're like out of the top 10 teams. That's the most games, and they get some nice matchups. Uh, or no, on the flip side, I want to go to the bottom. Sorry, the Reds again. You can go to that angle if you want. If I've been trying to get a Diaz everywhere I can, if you can find them, but um, you know the Reds, the Mariners have like seven bullpen guys that are all viable. Like there, there's angles there for sure. And the other kind of hack you can do there if you're looking at streaming, and I think um, Reliever Recon has this as well. They do like a daily reliever streaming thing. Um, yeah. You can look and target the guys that did not pitch Sunday. because That's smart. More likely to pitch Monday or you know, maybe didn't pitch the weekend or whatever. You combine that with a seven or eight game schedule the following week. Um, that can... That can add up. I mean, that that could be an extra appearance. And again, we're talking the tiniest of margins here, but an extra appearance could be a win, could be two more strikeouts. There are leagues that are decided on things like that. If you're really in the race and in the thick of things, yeah. If you if you've listened to any of the like you know the Jenstead and Erickson pods, uh, DPH and all the NFBC guys he has on, if you listen to any of his pods, uh, you know Rob Silver talk about it. These guys when they've won their overalls or they've um, or they've seen someone else win one. There's always a story somewhere of like the mm-hmm. last game, the last at bats, the last something. And you think it's silly, but it's literally like the dude struck out to end the game and that strikeout like got the job done. Or so this guy gave up a hit before he got pulled and his whip went up like point one. Like just little things like that that you think nothing of. And it's just like, yep, that one little thing changed I the whole spectrum. I, I, I may have said this on the pod before but i won a league on the last day the guy who i was battling with it was james anderson and ian khan dynasty league they had robbie ray go in the last day of the season and robbie ray gave up like a fly ball to right field right fielder just lost it in the sun didn't touch it it was not ruled in the air it was ruled a hit run scored i won in ratios because of 
because of that. So like, yes, um, it does, it does happen. And I guess the end of the season and we'll get to this in a second, but yeah, the end of the season's on a Wednesday this year. So it's not going to be too, uh, too much of a productive work day. I don't think for many, many fantasy managers. One last thing before we kind of get to that. Uh, cause I do want to hit on that at the end is, um, Colorado. So this doesn't come up on the tankathon thing, but, um, I think Colorado's last home game, is like September 25th. And so if you've got any Rockies, um, you're probably not playing them after that. So just keep that in mind. I know they finish. It's really weird. They finish their lat. They finish with a five game series at LA to oh, end the season. So yeah, um, yeah, drop all of your Rockies pretty much. <laughs> and you probably well, want to drop I, them the week before. I say that now. I say that now. But if the Dodgers start throwing some scrubby guys out there to get ready for the postseason, that's when you get those random like yes. They're so Ryan McMahon has like six home runs over the week. Like it's something stupid like that. It's true. But but it is that is yeah. something I saw out Definitely there. Definitely a good call uh, though. I, I forget where, but yeah, I think it's like September twenty fifth is the last home game for uh for the Rockies. So um yeah, something to keep in mind. It's a great call. Um and then you mentioned the last week is a half week, and like I heard Spore mention it like three or four weeks ago. And I mentioned it with Toby, and Toby didn't believe me. So, like mid pod, he had to go look it up. He's like, "Oh my!" And so, we have twenty-seven fab weeks this year instead of the normal twenty-six because the last week is a half a week because of the lockout slowing things down. So that's going to make it a lot more fun. Like it's been kind of a topic we've discussed a little bit. I know Jenstead was tweeting about it the other day that it, basically you're going to have forty-ish percent of the normal starting pitching pool yeah. pitching for the week which means a lot of guys aren't starting, obviously, 60%, which means you have to fill your nine pitching spots, and that's where we, we kept talking about middle relievers kind of leading to this potentially. Like, this is where you need to lock up. And to be honest, I would pick them up a week early if I was you because you are not going to be the only one wanting to get these guys. Yeah. So what do you have? Like, there's not, a I guess, a ton of strategy outside of looking at the schedules coming up, but do you have anything on this? Because it's going to be very vital. Again, if you can get, like, five or six stud middle relievers, even if, even if they're six inning guys, just that can get out of their ratios, get you two or three Ks over the, the four games. Like that's tremendous. Yep. I mean, that's the play. And the big thing to do about it now is just budget for it, especially if you're in your, if you're in leagues with dollar minimum bids, right? You've got to keep five or six bucks to pick up five or six middle relievers. But it's, yeah, it is kind of funny that it's happening at the end of the season. Cause I know we always talk about, you know, the, the big the opening day is usually like on a Thursday. And we always talk about that at the beginning of the year saying, OK, you know, half your rotation is not going to play that first weekend, pick up a couple of middle relievers late, you know, the last couple of rounds and then drop in the following week. It's kind of that same thing, but reverse. It's the end of the season and even even more pronounced at the end of the season, because most starters game 162, they're out after three, four innings. So it's yep. even more like exaggerated this season. Um, so if you're if you're counting on Windsor K's at all that last week uh, or half week, Monday through Wednesday, um, it's going to be a tough go. Yeah, because you'll get like the option. Do I want to pitch Dean Kramer or do I want to go get some middle relievers? Stuff like that where it's going to be because mm -hmm. your, your elite pitchers on playoff teams aren't going deep. They're just not unless they're still fighting to get seating because there's weird, weird seating this year. So that yeah. could lead or, to something. Or like an award or something. Um, yeah. Like an incentive on their contract. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But so it's definitely stuff you to gotta go going deep. forward. <laughs> you got to research people's contracts. And maybe maybe we'll have to really get in and, and figure that out down the road here. But Do, uh, do a contract incentive episode. Yeah, just like go through all the athletic beat writers. Like, what do we have going on here, guys? Like, figure it out. 
but uh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be very, very wild. And we'll, we'll try to help you out uh, down the stretch here with some more stuff because that's about all there really is to focus on down the way here. Unless you guys have listener questions, come up with tons of them. We'll, we'll help you with, if you have specific questions. That makes it a lot easier. But uh, otherwise, it's it's matchups. It's planning ahead. Like maybe next week we'll do a look-ahead episode and try to like pinpoint some dudes or something to help you out or look at relievers more for you because I'm not a reliever expert. But uh, there's a lot of great tools for that. A lot of great tools for that. But we can maybe narrow some things down as well along those lines all right we have a couple listener questions here let's uh get at it we have doo -doo -doo, let me, oh i know the first one I, I i have a bone to pick with our buddy ben ben ted um not that he asked this question great question but he said this is for ryan but bubba feel free to answer if you went to college ben like <laughs> what do i look like to you like i know i'm this fat bald guy that like talks sports all the time but come on man like i went to school uc davis uc davis like we don't worry about the gpa the degree says the same thing it's all that matters okay i went to school i went to school it only took degree. you 12 years but yeah. you know whatever hey you, man you wilder was a good time like it's like, I, I saw that like i'm like ben it makes me like him more actually because that's like a smart ass comment that i would make so that i appreciate that but i um, didn't pick up on that that is yeah. funny i'm seeing it now yeah yeah i could saw that right out the gate i was like I'm going to say, I was going to comment, I'm going to save it for the show because Ben's a great listener. He's a great dude. He's competing for an overall. I'm going to save it for the show. Um, but he said to Ryan, because you guys found out last week when Ben did a great job on his first episode. So, Ben, I'm jealous because I usually have first timers on my show. So, Rob and I have beef right now, by the way. That's going to be a different topic. But um, he wants to know since you guys are both engineers, because I'm assuming that's what IE stands for, yep. engine, some kind of engineering. What was your favorite IE class? This is, yeah, I didn't take IE classes in college, Ben, so I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, yeah. So we found out because because of the podcast that that Ben was on with Rob DiPietro, the pull hitter pod. Yeah, like last week, I, I was listening and, and Ben just kind of threw it in that he was an engineer. So um, I'm an engineer. I went to Virginia Tech and then uh, University of Arizona for my master's, but um, not only engineers, but industrial engineers. So, uh, we both have the same major and do fantasy baseball, which is just kind of crazy. So, um, that was cool to kind of listen to. And again, yeah, an awesome podcast with Ben and, um, Bob, I'm going to mispronounce it, Kremutola, who is leading the main event. And as an aside, I'll get to the answer in a second, but like, it's pretty awesome to see so many people we know atop the yep. main event leaderboard. It's going to be a pretty really wild cool. finish. So yeah. uh, Jen Stad's in second, Ben's in third, two Steve Weimers at fourth and fifth. Um, Scott Eric or Scott Erickson, Jeff Erickson's down there about 15. So he's in the mix, but um, should be a, should be a good finish to go back to Ben's uh, question. My hardest class was linear optimization you said your favorite class oh favorite class definitely was not linear yeah, i was saying i know it's not your favorite no. but it was your hardest um i would say statistics uh so we took engineering statistics class and that's actually where i learned some of this stuff i was not i had played fantasy in college but i was not writing or anything or in the industry or anything like that so wish i paid a little bit more attention um but we did uh do stuff like correlations and t-tests and and in p-test and all that kind of stuff um to test out kind of the relationship between factors of things and it's funny like i kind of glazed my eyes over at the time it was an interesting class but like if i was into baseball at the time like that would be 
that would be the thing uh, because we do that stuff all the time. What metrics do we look at that, you know, what power metrics do we look at to correlate with home runs the following season, those kinds of things. So that was a class I took in, uh, in school that I enjoyed and would have enjoyed even more if I knew um, how much I use it now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he said, even though it was probably the hardest for him, it was operations research was his favorite one. So that was our hardest. So like yeah. that is, um, and not to get too far down, but that, and that is another one where I really wish this was before DFS. Just the title of it sounds like it could help out pretty much with a lot of this. It is all, it is all optimizing things. And oh, yeah. so you've got, you've got constraints, you have a goal and you need to find the best pathway to that. And so like DFS is the perfect, I mean, tons of sites have lineup optimizers. Like I probably would have done a project on this. We used to have to calculate this stuff by hand. You've got constraints. You've got a fifty thousand dollar budget for your lineup. You've got to field one guy at each position. Those are your constraints. You also have a goal, and that goal is to maximize your fantasy points. So um, it comes up all the time in like manufacturing and and stuff like that. So that's what we should be using it for. But I wish I would have used it for fantasy. Oh well. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'll give Ben some of my information here now. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah we got to we gotta flip this back. I went to since, college. Since, you, since you did go to college. Yeah, five years. Went to college. Um, but uh, I didn't take – I. it is funny when you say that, though. I took statistics. I took, like, computer classes. I really wish I cared now because I'm so jealous how you guys could put, like, charts and stuff. I want to do, like, simple things, and I still can't figure it out. Like, I want to be able to put, like, two lines together and then, like, compare the differences and stuff. And that's just way over my head still. Like, it's, it's pathetic. It's stuff you do on your boards in, like, five minutes. I wish I could do. And it just blows my mind. But, um, like, looking back, I should have focused more on that. I passed the class. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed college more than I enjoyed classes in college. Let's put yeah, it that yeah. way. Um, but um, my favorite stuff is, like, they say when you go to your major courses, that's when it's fun because it's stuff you care about. So I, I did crop science type stuff because I'm in farming. So that was more my fun. The outdoors classes, those were the fun stuff I liked a lot more, like actually learning the actual whole production process and everything. Those are the classes I liked a lot more. So yeah, there get, you go, get Ben. Outside. Yeah, there there, you go. yeah you, Ben, you didn't ask, but... That, that, <laughs> yeah, you're getting you it now. And Ben, I'm totally kidding. Like that, that was the snarky kind of stuff I live for right there. That was absolutely amazing. So come the first pitch, I'll buy you a beer, Ben. Um, Mike Carter says, is Corbin Carroll a keeper in 12-team leagues for next year? I'd imagine so, but I guess it depends on your team. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, the cop-out answer is your team, and I'm assuming this is Roto, but yeah, like Corbin Carroll was taken in the – it was a 15-teamer, our 2023 Degenerates draft, but was taken in the fourth round. Uh, I think Brian Slack took him, and that felt about right. Like, especially in a Roto, like, I, I mean, Corbin Carroll could freaking lead the majors in steals next season, so – um, depending on obviously what the options are, but yeah, uh, Corbin Carroll will be very much relevant in 12 teamers next season. And if there's any kind of like dynasty or contract component to it, um, that's what I was going to say. Call. It might not even be a next season play. It's a long-term play with Corbin Carroll more than right. anything. So hundred percent. He's excited. He hit his first home run, uh, yep. away center field. Yeah, that was a big was, boy shot. It was bombed so. yep. and he can move. Shot. He is I've seen I, he, I've seen fast. him beat out a couple infield hits and or at least get close and yeah he he's it's the speed's legit that D backs team like you said earlier they're hitting and they're gonna be fun if they could ever figure yeah. out pitching they got some young talented bats I guess some it's non, a fun team some non Zach Allen pitching man what a yeah. it's what a crazy run. his next start uh, is at Coors so that forty one oh. innings. Get the flu. Get the flu. Go start somewhere else, please. For the love of God. Um, 
Gaman8 asks, what's a realistic deficit to make up with regards to RBIs? Do you, uh, we'll start there. It's a two-part question. I think we were kind of saying maybe the most 10, but it's it's tricky this time of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a good question because, I mean, we, we kind of alluded to this earlier, comparing like your ratios, your batting average, ERA, and WHIP, where it can kind of work both ways um counting stats is a little bit tougher but just think about how much you can make up in a week and i i think making up like 10 just to throw a number on it um if you can make up this may be a little aggressive but you can make up 10 rbi per week there's four weeks left Uh, i think that's something that you know probably isn't likely but is at least reasonable to expect if your team goes on a heater um something like that that you could that you could do so i think like maybe like 40 rbi or 40 runs those are probably kind of the, your your About max of what you could make up something like that but i one, one thing i would do is i mean in depending on what site you're on one one thing you could do to actually kind of run this is most sites have like your standings by week and mm-hmm. you can see just on average what the top performer had in each go. category that week what the bottom had and what's that difference um most likely the people ahead of you aren't going to be at the bottom. So don't take that kind of top versus bottom difference and extrapolate that out. But that can at least give you a ballpark just to kind of see like what that production looks like um, over a week and then multiply that out by four weeks left. Yeah. And that goes back to uh, the, you, these geniuses that you engineer guys and guys that can make spreadsheets and stuff. Brian Slack talked about it on pull hitter podcast and I, I got a sneak peek at it and other people have as well. He does his chart, his week to week, his own gains, and so he can see like how he's making up ground, how he's falling back, and he keeps track of those things. So there's that, and like you said, like forty. What instead of looking at like the, the big number, look at a week to week. Like you said, you're looking at your week to week numbers, but when you're going into your fab for the week, like realistically think about that week. Don't think about the next three that's weeks because really that's going to it's going to change each week. So focus on how many do I need to game this week to break the number down basically. go That's direction. a really good point. Yep. And I kind of like yeah. inadvertently did it that way. But yeah, if you can just yeah. chop 10 per week, you'll yep. you'll get there. But it's yeah, very so like important. Focus on that instead yeah. of don't try to find a guy that's going to outperform everybody else by 40. Go find like three dudes for this week that could get you extra 10 and go that direction. And so. that's where we were saying those extra 12 at bats next Tremendous. week from Cincinnati. Like yep. maybe that's four or five RBI. If, like if guys like Donovan bats. Solano who are garbage but he might play every day in great American small park. Like you just, he's got so much value now, like so much value. So yep. think about it. Um, and then he says, do you also think Vinny P comes back this year? Yes, I do. He's rehabbing. He should be back. I think maybe this weekend. Yeah. And I, and I wonder what that means for, for Prado, but yeah, I was talking with Toby about that. I think if they really want to do it right, but it's a big, if it's as simple as you either have Melendez or, uh, play the outfield with Salvi catching and you have Prado or Vinny PDH. Done. That's my two cents. Easy. It's an easy game from Not over that here. Easy. <laughs> it's an easy game from over here, but who knows what of... Kansas city will do. Exactly. But... Like on paper, that's how it should be to get all your big studs in the lineup. We'll see how that takes place, but that's how I look at it. But uh, that's it, Ryan. That's our last question of the night. So any final thoughts as we have about, like I said, four weeks to go. Not really. Just uh, if, if you're fortunate enough to be in the in the September sweats, enjoy it. I, I've, I've been there. It's when you're in it, it's stressful. You're staring at standings and looking at things you can't really control. But 
uh just enjoy it and that's why we play this game the competition the thrill of it so um we'll be back at it next week with more stuff yeah maybe we'll do like a middle reliever um analysis something like that for guys that are just kind of available everywhere and who the best skills guys yeah, are that's guys a, available that start speculating on now because it, it'll definitely if you wait till the last week you're going to lose out on a lot of like you're gonna have to make a waterfall of like 25 relievers because everyone's going for them that'll be a miserable saturday night that's all i'm going to say like that'll be a horrible saturday night so start planning early if you can yeah, let's, be let's do that next week. all right good we i like having topic a, done topic i like done. having an agenda for next week's show already so yeah, that's um, but uh, we'll we'll come back with you guys with that. Keep your listener questions. Like I said, though, if you have like specific questions, we'll talk about all that stuff to help you out. So bring all the goods as usual. Check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ and his work over at Baseball HQ. Go check out First Pitch Arizona, which is like less than two months away. So we got that going for us as well. I'm on Twitter at BDentric. Again, you guys have a good one. This was Bubba and the, and the Bloom episode 19. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>